Welcome to the Tarleton BSN Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Megan Craig. I am super honored to get to share with y'all about the things God has taught me about womanhood and the blessing that I've learned of what it is to be a woman and the privilege that it is to be a woman of God. I want to start off by sharing a quick story. I started following Christ between my junior and my senior year of high school. Um, I had been saved in middle school but didn't know what that looked like to follow him, but the Lord showed me through grace his ways and um, began to start following him. While I was reading scripture one day, I came across this passage that says, Don't let your beauty consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and wearing gold jewels or fine clothes, but rather what is inside the heart, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. And the part of the passage that really stood out to me was the part that said, gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. And no one has ever called me quiet in my whole life. I have never once been said, Meg, could you please speak up? Or I can't hear you. Never once. As a matter of fact, I was more likely to be shushed or um, told to be quiet or told to stop moving or told to stop doing anything that was disruptive because that was just who I was as a child, as a young adult. And I was reading that passage of scripture and my heart was a little crushed, this heart that had just started following the Lord. And this passage says, you have to be gentle and quiet. And if you're not, you're not of great worth in God's sight. And so I went to the woman who was sharing the gospel with me, teaching me about how, what it looked like to follow Jesus. And I tell her this through tears. I mean, it's kind of funny now looking back. I kind of think it's funny now. But through tears, I was really broken up because I thought I wasn't of great worth in God's sight. And she laughed and she said, no, Meg, that's, that's not what this passage is saying. And I'm actually going to touch more about, to touch more on what this passage talks about tonight. But as I was leaving that conversation, as she had reassured me, as everything she had said was talking to me about this passage, I couldn't help but wonder if as a woman of God I was supposed to be quiet or timid or shy. That's what I had seen. I wasn't sure if I couldn't be fierce or bold for the Lord or if I was supposed to take a step back and and, and not say those things that were true. And I wasn't really sure what I was supposed to be like. I was confused. And some of y'all may be wondering the same thing. Does being a woman of God, women in here, does being a woman of God mean I have to look a certain way or act a certain way or talk a certain way. Tonight, I want to unpack what the Bible teaches us about being a woman of God. And don't worry, guys. I haven't forgotten about y'all. I know you're in the room. Don't zone out because there are going to be some great nuggets in here for you guys as well. So go ahead and get out your Bibles and either flip them open or flip them on and get your fingers ready because tonight we will be hopping around. If you're new to the BSM or you're new to the Bible, it's divided up into two parts. The Old Testament, which is the story of God's people and how they followed him, but then also how they disobeyed him. And the New Testament is a story of God's redemption for his people through Jesus Christ. 
So go ahead and flip to Genesis 3.16. That's where we're going to start tonight with the problem. So while y'all are flipping there, it's at the very beginning of the Bible, I have some observations that I've made over the course of my life. There are two kinds of women out there. There's these two extremes. So on this one side, you have these women who tend to be quieter. They tend to be a little bit shy. They tend to be a little bit more reserved. Maybe they're a lot more patient or compassionate or gentle. They're the woman you go to when you want a sweet hug. And then on the flip side, you have the boss women who are fierce and they're bold and they're gregarious and they're loud and they're fearless. And each one of these women have amazing qualities, but each one also has qualities that are not so wonderful. When sin was brought into the world, it caused issues. So what we're going to read is about those issues right now. Genesis 3.16 said, He said to the woman, he being God, I will intensify your labor pains. You are you will bear children in anguish. Your desire will be for your husband, yet he will rule over you. Now, I know that your first thought is like, okay, intensify labor pains. We all know that having a baby is hard, okay? It's not a secret. It's not a surprise. That's not what I'm going to talk about tonight. Thank the Lord. But we are going to talk about that second part. Your desire will be for your husband, yet he will rule over you. It's really easy to look at that, read it blank, and go, oh, we'll desire, women, we'll desire to have a husband. Men, it's easy for you to think, oh, they'll desire to get a man. But actually, what the Hebrew is talking about in this passage is that women will desire to be over a man, not to get a man. I don't know if you've noticed that in our culture or not. It shouldn't be a surprise that that does happen pretty regularly. The whole feminist movement, we see that, especially modern feminism. However, I, I noticed that in my own life, and I'm not even married. So, like, it's not necessarily about having a husband. It's about wanting to be better than men. I have found in my own life, I want the same status as a guy. I want to be noticed and recognized like men are noticed and recognized in our church. I want to be valued that way. And a lot of times we think about this and we're like, wow, like women aren't the same as men. The church likes to, to think about that or maybe perhaps like in, in the past. And that's true. Like we are not men, okay? We are not men, okay? I just want to say that. But we have just as much value as men. We are valued as men are valued in God's eyes, okay? I'm going to read a passage that talks about this. It's important to remember that women aren't better than men, and men aren't better than women. The desire that we have to be seen as better than a man is part of finding our identity in the world or in our own sinful flesh. Galatians 3, 27 through 28 says, for, there as, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ like a garment. There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ. And then Galatians 2, 20 says, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. 
The life I live now in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. These verses talk about where our identity can and should be found in Christ. Christ came to set us free from the identity that says we should seek to be above man or that we should look to a man to satisfy our needs or to a woman if you're a guy or to be skinny or to flaunt our bodies or to be anybody that is any different than having an identity in Christ. You see, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection created a space so that we could be women of God who find our identities in him. You see, to be a woman of God is to find our identity in him, not in this world. To be a woman of God is to find our identity in him, not in this world. So women, don't seek your identity from what the world says womanhood is or femininity is, but seek it from the creator of womanhood, God. And men, don't seek your identity from what the world says being a man is. Seek it from the creator of manhood, God. For when our identity and our position is found in its heirs with Christ, then we no longer are lost in the tossing waves of our culture, which takes us to and fro, which tosses us around and beats us up. But we have a purpose that comes from our identity being in Christ. And some of y'all may be wondering, how, how do I get there? Like, what does that even look like? You may be saying, I feel so stuck because for so long my identity has been in men or in my grades or in what my parents think about me or in people pleasing or in any of these extra things. So I wanna go back to specifically for women to that verse in 1 Peter 3, three through four. It says, don't let your beauty, well, this verse, the version, I'm looking at my other version. Your beauty should not consist of outward things like elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold ornaments or fine clothes. Instead, it should con- consist of what is inside the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very valuable in God's eyes. So, obviously, like this verse is really, like I said earlier, not talking about women being timid or quiet or shy. This verse is actually talking about our hearts. See, we, this passage is not saying that your outwardness must look like this. So it's not saying that, like I said, you should be timid or quiet or shy. And if you are, that's not a bad thing. Like, that is how God designed you. So, but this is talking really about our inwardness, what is going on inside of our hearts. To be a woman of God is to have a heart turned towards God. That's what this passage is saying, is to have our hearts looking to him, seeking him for direction. Being quiet before God is being able to have a humility before God. Being gentle before God means that we're calm and able to sit in his presence. It means we're willing to submit to who he is and not to ourselves. Those things, having a heart turned towards God, is what is, what of, is what is of great worth in God's sight. But I don't want to downplay that what happens on the outside isn't important either. As a matter of fact, Jesus says in Luke 6, 
4.45, he says, A good man produces good out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For his, for his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. So the things that we put in, those are the things that will be influencing us. What is going in is going to shape how we think, how we interact, how we have relationships, even how we spend time and interact with God. Colossians 3, 1 through 3 says, So if you have been raised with the Messiah, with Christ, seek what is above where the Messiah is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on what is above, not on what is on earth. For you have died, I want to read this version, so. For you have died and your life is hidden with the Messiah in God. So, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things above where he is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Paul is charging us to seek godly things and to walk in obedience, to look not to our own devices, but to him, to what is above. And oftentimes we want to find our identity in a relationship or in our schoolwork or in what somebody says or thinks of us or in our grades or in our professors. Paul is charging us to say, no, let me see what scripture says. Let me look to the godly things. And you might be wondering, what are those godly things? Like, what, what, what are they? Well, guess what? Paul tells us, the Bible teaches us this. In Colossians 3, later on it says, and I'm just going to read what I have here. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule in your hearts, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. These things show us that to be a woman of God is to reflect Christ. To be a woman of God is to reflect Christ. You see, the things that women are called to, but not just women, like these are things that men are also called to. It's not like Paul just wrote, hey women, this is what you are called to. No, men are also called to these things. So if you were confused about what Luke talked about two weeks ago, check out Colossians 3, 12 through 17. We're all to put on compassion, kindness, thankfulness, forgiveness, humility, gentleness, and many other things that Christ commands of us. Let me say it takes guts and boldness to do this, to be a woman or to be a person who reflects Christ. Because to be that woman is someone who is bold, who is courageous, who is purposeful, who knows what she is about. 
when our identity is in Christ, then we can walk with purpose and we can know who we are. When we have hearts turned towards God, we can forgive others and walk in humility. When we reflect Christ, we have compassion and look on the world as he looks on the world. And some of y'all may be really stuck tonight with the part about identity because you're not sure where your identity lies. Perhaps that's because you don't or have never had a relationship with Jesus or you haven't been walking with him for a while now. Maybe you've found your identity in men or women, in your parents or school, or in any area that you've looked at above God. But I can tell you there's so much freedom in Christ. He has come to set us free. He came to rescue us from our brokenness, from our sinfulness. The days that he spent on, the day that he spent on the cross, he died and took the place of our sin and our brokenness. And then three days later, he was, or three days, for three days he was buried and he rose again on the third day, defeating death so that we could have life and life eternal with him. And if that's new to you or you've never heard that or you want to know more, I want to encourage you to come find me. I'll be hanging out afterwards or somebody on staff here at the BSM. Or if you're new to BSM, maybe the friend that invited you. I would encourage you to talk with them. Talk about what it might be like to have a relationship with Christ. And as we wrap things up, men, I hope that you didn't miss that I could have just as easily replaced the words to be a woman with to be a man. You see, the truth is we all have the same problem, men and women, that we're broken people who need a savior. We need God to rescue us. And when we find him, when we enter into that relationship with him, we have our identity in him. We turn our hearts towards him and we reflect him in our daily lives. That's what it means to live as biblical people. Thank you for listening to the Tarleton BSM podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe. To keep up with everything Tarleton BSM, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tarleton BSM. See you next time.